that I wonder if this story is familiar to you. And uh, I think if you've gone through any form of Sunday school, you've probably heard this about, I don't know, 22 times. You know, it's a classic, it's a go-to, um, but it's, it's, it's a good one because it, it, it gets to the heart of the gospel and it, it shows um, Jesus at work and it shows faith, repentance, and a changed life. And it's one of these things where often the familiar aspect of things can mean that we can just skip over it or maybe assume that we, we know what is going on in this passage. Um, this, this story of Zacchaeus, who has an encounter with Jesus. And I just want to look at three things, three characters. Zacchaeus, Jesus, and the crowd. But before that, let me just pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. And we do pray now that you would be speaking to us and that you would help us to concentrate, that you would help us to understand, and that you would help us to be amazed at Jesus, and that we would leave you in a greater love of our Savior. And if we don't know Jesus, that we would leave you rejoicing in Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Zacchaeus, Jesus, and the crowd. That's we're looking at. So let's start with the first character, Zacchaeus. And on the stage, here he comes. And he was a prominent figure, as Mark said, for mostly maybe right reasons. Um, but people looked to him, they looked down on him, they hated him, they despised him um, because he was a tax collector. He was a chief tax tax collector and so he probably um, overlooked others as well and he was in charge of other tax collectors in the area and he was rich and people didn't like it he took too much money off people people he took their money away and they didn't like him he took advantage of people and he was low he was the low of the low he was despised he was rejected by others around him. But here in this passage, it says that he was seeking to see who Jesus was. There he was, this tax collector, the one despised by loads of people. He was there seeking to see who Jesus was. Now, you might be thinking, well... Why was he interested? Was he simply interested because there was a crowd around Jesus? You can imagine it, can't you? You go in down the high street and outside co-op, you see a crowd of people. You might think, ooh, what's going on over there? You might cross the road. You might stop for a moment and see what's going on. Was that the reason why he was interested? Why he wanted to see who Jesus was because of this crowd around Jesus? Maybe. Had he heard about what Jesus was doing? Had he heard about what Jesus had done to other people? And he'd heard that Jesus was coming and he thought, oh, I'm going to go and 
I'm going to go see what that man is all about. I'm going I'm to, I want to seek and see who Jesus is. Possibly, possibly. But I think it's a bit more than that. I think there's more going on here because we see it in his actions. We see it in Zacchaeus' actions. It would have been far too risky for him to do what he did. Look what he does. He couldn't see Jesus because there was a crowd and he was too short and the crowd was too large. And so he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll run ahead. I'll get further in front of the crowd and there'll be a tree there. So I'll climb the tree and I'll be able to see Jesus from there. Great vantage point to look down on Jesus as this crowd passes through. And so he runs ahead, he sees this tree, climbs the tree, and he's there. He's waiting to see Jesus. But those actions are too risky for him. He, he can't be doing that. He can't be running and climbing trees. He, he's, he's too, well, he's not respected, but he's too high up to be doing stuff like that. So what is going on? These are not the actions of a person in his position. It's far too embarrassing. But he's willing to risk it all just to catch a sight of Jesus. Now, I think there's more. Surely there's more. God is at work here in Zacchaeus. In a way, he probably didn't even know. But enough that he knew that he just needed to see him. He needed to run, climb a tree, and see Jesus. And I wonder if, if you're a Christian tonight, I wonder if you remember that. Where a time where you weren't a Christian, but you had this weird, indescribable um, interest in God you couldn't get it out of your head and you thought I, I've got to go see I've got to work out who Jesus is maybe you were drawn to come to church maybe you were drawn to speak to a friend who was a Christian and like Zacchaeus you just wanted to see who Jesus was well this was God at work in you this is God who was make, making you do that we know in the Bible it says that no one can come, Jesus says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And the message of the Bible is that since the fall, human beings are born in Adam and they're inclined against God. There's no interest in God to be found in them. And they will not and they, they cannot place faith in Jesus. They can't understand the gospel message unless the Lord first changes their hearts. He says, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. Man on their own doesn't seek God. Zacchaeus on his own wouldn't have been doing this. Zacchaeus, on his own, would have been sitting in his booth, carrying on, taking his money, ticking the boxes, moving the little sliders along. Oh, that's great. Great, great day today. 
but God was at work in his heart. So much so that he, he stopped everything and he ran, he climbed a tree and he was there waiting to see Jesus. So there's the first character, Zacchaeus. And we, we'll leave him there for a minute. He's in, he's in the tree and he's waiting. And here comes the second character. Here comes Jesus. And Jesus is advancing with this crowd. And you can imagine it, can't you? All the, the noise and this crowd is moving along. And Jesus is there. And he's making his way ultimately to Jerusalem. He's and he's making his way closer to where Zacchaeus is. And Zacchaeus is there waiting. And he makes his way towards the tree. And you can imagine from Zacchaeus' perspective, can't you? You can imagine him in the tree thinking, he's coming. I can see him. He's getting closer and closer. You can imagine he maybe he's a bit scared. He doesn't know what's going on. He's nervous maybe. And maybe if the crowd was taking note, then maybe those leaves fall into the ground as he's rustling in the trees, trying to figure out what's going on and waiting for Jesus to come. And I think we can ask a question, can we? What was Zacchaeus expecting? What was he expecting as he was sitting in this tree, watching Jesus approach? What was he expecting to happen? Was he was he just expecting to see him pass through and then get down and carry on with his day? Was he expecting Jesus to kind of come past the tree, stop, look up, give him a nod, and carry on? Was he expecting Jesus to maybe, I don't know, walk past, wink at him, and then carry on? What was he thinking at this point? Maybe some form of interaction but I don't think he was expecting this. Jesus coming along with the crowd, walking along. And Jesus stops. Jesus turns to the tree, looks up him and says, Zacchaeus. He calls him by name. He stops and he calls him out. Verse 5. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. What a shock. What a shock. He's probably thinking, what I heard is true. He knows, he knows my name. He knows me. Again, it, it raises another question though, doesn't it? How did Jesus know his name? How did Jesus know his name? Perhaps he had already heard about him. He did have a status in the area, after all. Perhaps he was warned by the crowd as they were passing by. Maybe they said to him, oh, don't go near that booth. He'll rinse you for all you got. Don't do it. Just stay away from Zacchaeus. Don't do it. But yeah, perhaps, perhaps that could have happened. But don't think that is what happened. I don't think that's why Jesus knew his name. I think it was because he was looking for him specifically. He was walking along with the crowd. He chose his route because he wanted to go and find the man that was in the tree. Yes, 
he was seeking to see Jesus, Zacchaeus, but what he didn't know was that Jesus was already seeking him. He was already looking for him. And I, again, I wonder if this is familiar to you. I wonder if this is something that you recall, this personal God seeking you, this personal God looking for you. Perhaps you were in a sermon. Perhaps you were dragged along by a friend. Perhaps you, you agreed to come along and you sat there. And then all of a sudden, God is speaking directly to you. Perhaps you remember another time where God is so directly speaking into your life. You just wonder how God could, knows who you are. And you're amazed to think, how, can, how, how does God know me, know me? How does God know who I am? How is he speaking directly to me? Well, the amazing truth is that God knows everything about you. He knows all about you. He knows everything. He knows you completely. He stopped under your tree. And he called your name. And we can go further, can't we? Because that's amazing in itself. But then we think of where we were. He doesn't just call us. He called us when we were in the darkest place. When we were in the darkest of our sin. When we think that God would have no, no want for us. He stops under our tree and he calls your name. He calls our name. Even in our darkest sin, Jesus stops under our tree and calls our name. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. That's what Jesus said. And Jesus calls out to Zacchaeus and directs him, directs him to come down. And I wonder if you picked up on the, the direct speech of that, that directness of Jesus' words. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Zacchaeus, come down, I must stay at your house today. This isn't a chance meeting. This isn't Jesus walking with the crowd, seeing this man, knowing about him, and starting a conversation. This is, this is Jesus seeking this man and saying, I must stay at your house today. Jesus was, this was on Jesus' plan. Jesus, as he was walking through, I have to see that man. Before I go on, I've got to speak to this man. We shouldn't be surprised, really, that, that if we carry on in the story as well, it, the end of the, of the passage tells us of Jesus' mission, doesn't it? That's what he's come to do. He's come to seek and to save the lost. And this whole story that we have before us here in this passage, this whole story is the outworking of the fact that God is interested in the lost. If you want to know if God is interested in the lost, read this passage. If you, if you want to know if God is interested 
in the, the, the poor or the needy or those hurting or those in need of comfort, you read this passage. This whole story is Jesus, a story of God showing his love for the lost. That God has compassion for the lost. And so much so that he sent his son to die and to save the lost. How do we know it's true? How do we know that fact is true? Again, here it is in this story. This story of Zacchaeus here proves it. But more, it speaks of God's election, doesn't it? Before the foundation of the whole world, God had chosen Zacchaeus. Before the whole foundation of anything, before anything was made that we see around us, God had chosen Zacchaeus, and this day for Zacchaeus. It's true of us. God chose us. God elected us before the foundation of the world. Our salvation, when we trusted in Jesus, might have been at a time and a date that we can remember but God had already called us and chose us before the foundation of the whole world. Before the foundation of the whole world, God chose you. Ephesians 1, 3 to 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today because that's been the plan forever. The plan forever is for me to have met you today and I must stay at your house. I have to. It's my father's plan. It's happening today. So what happens? Zacchaeus is in the tree, probably shocked. Jesus is speaking to me. He's saying, come down. I've got to meet with you. I have to stay at your house. How does he respond? Well, it's quite simple. He hurried and come down and he received him joyfully. So there's our two first characters, Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is down from the tree, and he has received Jesus joyfully. But there's a third character. There's a third character, well, characters, and that is the crowd. And what did they say? When they watched all this happening... When they saw him in the tree and Jesus interacting with this person, what did they say? They, saw, they said this. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. A man, why is he eating with, what's he doing? Why is he going to this man's house? He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Eating with sinners, he's, he's, he's going to be one of them. Why would he do that? 
But again, they, well, they, sh they shouldn't have been surprised, I suppose, because that was his mission. He had come to seek and to save the lost. Those who are outcasts. Those who are despised and rejected by society. Those who are hurting. Those who are lonely. Those who are lost without a shepherd. Those who are lost in that they will face eternity in hell. Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. Jesus has come for Zacchaeus. Now I wonder if we can be like the crowd. I wonder if we can grumble in our hearts when somebody who doesn't fit the mold comes up the stairs and comes walking in. Maybe somebody who makes a mess on the carpet. Maybe who kicks the walls and leaves scuffs. Maybe if we can grumble in our hearts. Oh. But should we be surprised? Should we be surprised that those are coming in? Because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. The broken, he's come to seek and to save. The hurting, he's come to seek and to save. The ones who are bottom of society, he has come to seek and to save. God doesn't come to save those who think they have it all, but he comes for the lost. And I wonder if we can have that in our hearts sometimes. We can grumble or we don't know what to do, or we don't know what to say. But if we put this, this story into practice, then that means we should be reaching all people, all people in the town with the gospel. The despised, the rejected, the low, the hurting, the hungry, the sick. We should be reaching the gospel to all. And I think we can all say that we should pray that we, can, we would not be like the crowd. We wouldn't have a grumbling heart. So what happens next? We've seen Zacchaeus, we've seen Jesus, and we've seen the crowd. So what happens next? Is that the end of the story? Does Zacchaeus come down, receive him joyfully, and then, thank you very much, I'll go now. Well, we know that Jesus went to the house of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus stands before Jesus and he says this. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. What an interesting verse. That's, you, that's, not, that's not what you expect somebody who's just met with Jesus to say. It, you, you wouldn't think that. But what does it mean? What does it show? Well, simply put, it is just a, a perfect picture 
of true conversion. It is a perfect picture of repentance. And it shows his heart of faith. This faith that was at work when he was seeking to see Jesus. This faith that was at work when he was running and climbing the tree. It was this faith and that shows itself now in repentance. And he is seeking to do. He is seeking to go out and restore and make mends. He is, he is, you can see his works flowing from that. Because we know faith without works is dead. It's not true faith. It's not works for the, to gain um, favor with God. But it's works that flow from a true faith and a true conversion. And this is what we see here. Zacchaeus' repentance that he, and he wants to make amends with people that he's hurt in the past. And Zacchaeus says he will repay all those he, who, who he has taken from. He wants to pay them back. He wants to do good. And he wants to do more than he needs to. Fourfold. He, he doesn't... The law doesn't to do that at all. He wants to... Root. And again, you could see that Lord, he calls Jesus Lord. Behold, Lord. He, he recognizes who he is. He sees Jesus for who he is. And he, he's saying, Lord, I, I can see who you are. I can see I've done wrong in the past. But I stand before you now, Lord. And I trust you. He's displaying fruit. You can imagine, can't you? Everybody in the town hates him. He's despised. He, he's, he's not liked at all. And there must be a fear when he comes knocking on people's doors. You can imagine the scene, can't you? A, a husband and a wife. There's a knock at the door. And the wife goes to the window, opens the curtains, and looks out. Oh, he's, Zacchaeus. It's Zacchaeus. So there she goes. She goes over to the table, opens the drawer, gets, gets her husband's wallet out, gives it to him and goes, there, just, just go and sort him out. Just, just go. So the husband leaves the room. He goes to the door, opens the door, sees Zacchaeus there. His heart sinks and he goes into his pocket to grab his wallet like he normally does to give over this money but Zacchaeus says, not today. Not today. I don't, I don't want your money today. And then the door closes. The wife is probably behind the door, just thinking, oh, what's going to happen? We've got no money now. And then her husband comes in through the door. And instead of an empty wallet, he comes in with arms bursting with money. And that is the grace that Zacchaeus has seen today. This abundance of grace that Zacchaeus has experienced. And it shows the change that has taken place. Instead of taking money from all those in the town, he's given back in an abundance. And it just shows the gospel the abundance of love that God pours out to us through Jesus. 
this is the abundance of grace that Zacchaeus has seen today. Zacchaeus' nature has been changed. His outlook has changed completely. He has seen salvation. It reminds, this complete change of outlook reminds me of, a, of my friend when he was saved on a, a week away um, in North Wales. We were staying in this hotel right on the beach. And every day, we were there for about seven days, so every day we'd wake up to the sea. We'd wake up, open the window, open the curtain, and we could see the sea in front of us. Every morning, for six days, we, we, we opened the front door and we just walked past this, this sea. And remember on the last night, when he put his trust in, in Jesus, I found him upstairs looking out the window. <laughs> And I came in, and he, he was just in awe at this, this scene before him. He was standing at the window, amazed. And he said, come, come have, a look, come have a look at this. And he was just looking out. Six days he'd been looking at this sea and nothing. And now he's saying, look at this amazing sea. Look at this amazing sea before us that God has created. Isn't God good? Isn't it amazing? All the things that he has done. What a change of outlook. He'd been seeing that for the last six days and no response. But he's changed here like Zacchaeus and now he's in awe of everything. In awe of what God has created. It's a change of nature. Just like Zacchaeus here. There's a change. There's salvation. And I'm sure you're familiar with this as well. You can probably recount stories of when you first come to Christ, the amazement, just the, the, the awe of everything. You probably walk down the street and the smells and the sight and the colors. Just You thought, oh, God is good. Look at what God's created you. He is amazing. And maybe you had people saying to you, oh, something about you, you've changed. You're not the same. You're different. You've changed. Here it is with Zacchaeus. He is changed. He is saved. And he is showing repentance. And if we couldn't see it already, if we hadn't already worked it out, this passage is helpful for us. Because Jesus is clear about the transformation that has happened. Because Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house. Verse 9. Today salvation has come to this house. Zacchaeus is saved and he receives Christ joyfully. And I wonder if this is true of you. I wonder if Jesus has stopped beneath your tree and called you down. I wonder if you've received him joyfully. I wonder if Jesus could say of you, salvation has come to this house today. I wonder if that's true of you. And it, you can... If that is true of you. I suppose a, a simpler question could be, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Do you have faith in him? Do you know this sense of joy and this changed life when Jesus came and said to you, come down from your tree, 
come down because I must stay at your house today. But maybe you, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you've come today, you don't know him. Maybe you've been dragged along by a family member or a friend that's been nagging you and you're finally here, sitting, but you know that you don't know Jesus. Perhaps you're interested in him a little. Maybe like Zacchaeus, you are here to, to seek just a glimpse of Jesus, who he is, what he's about, what the Bible means, what the Bible's all about. Maybe God is in a work in you and he's brought you to this place tonight and this is where you find yourself, perched in your tree here this evening, seeking to see Jesus. Well, Jesus is, is calling you today. Salvation is on offer to you today. We know that Jesus comes to seek and to save the lost. And Jesus is come here for you today if you don't know him. The Bible's clear. We, we, we were all lost. Born enemies with God. And because of our sin, lost for eternity. We know that Jesus goes on from here. He goes on from this, this, this setting here with Zacchaeus. And he goes on to Jericho. And he goes on to die for the lost. He goes on to take their place, to take their punishment, to pay the death that they deserved. That's how he comes to seek and to save the lost. But you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, I, I followed along so far. Zacchaeus sounds, I can see how people hated him, but you, you don't know my life, thank you. You don't know what I've done. You don't know how I feel. And I know that if God knew me, he wouldn't have anything to do. God wouldn't accept me. God wouldn't even look at me. Jesus would have seen me in the tree and kept walking. But the truth is, Jesus doesn't turn away from anyone who seeks after him. He doesn't turn away from anyone who seeks after him. God doesn't turn away, but he rewards them. He rewards them in the sense that he meets with them. Jesus tells a story in, well, in his ministry, and Jesus tells a story of a son who asks his father, Father, can I have my inheritance early, please? Can I just have everything that you were going to give to me, but can I have it now um, so I can do what I want? Jesus tells this story, and so the son has the inheritance. He goes off. He does what he wants. But soon he loses it all. Soon he realizes that he's made a mistake. And he wants to go home. He wants to go back. He wants to go and seek his father again. Now, how does the father act in that situation? How does the father act? 
in this story that Jesus says. You can imagine the son thinking, well, my father isn't going to do anything. He's going to say, well, you've had your chance. That's it. You can't come home. You can't. But how does the father act? The son comes home seeking his father. And instead of being pushed to one side, sees at a distance his father running. And there the son is, lost, despised, broken, hurting, hungry, seeking his father, and there he is, running. Picking up his tunic and running. And he comes to his father, and he has this embrace. He has this embrace from the father to say, you're home. I love you. How does the father act? He doesn't say tough. He runs to the son. And he shows him his love and he embraces him. And rejoices afterwards. The son is home. He's back. My beloved son is home. God doesn't turn away from those who seek him. If you are here and you think, God's got no, ish, no, God's got no interest in me. I've done awful things. I've done terrible things. There's nothing that God would want interest in me. That's not the case. God doesn't turn away from those who seek him. But he runs and embraces them. Jesus is calling you tonight. If you don't know him, he is calling you. And I, I, I implore you to come down from your tree. Like Zacchaeus, come down and accept Christ joyfully.